Welcome to The Seller's Corner, an e-commerce podcast with real stories from real sellers. Each episode, we sit down with online sellers all across the globe and talk about overcoming challenges, scaling, and putting processes around their online businesses. Welcome to the show. Hey, this is Chani, and I run marketing at A Seller List. Today, we're going to be talking to Terry, aka Mother of Nine Entrepreneur, and she's here to inspire you and help you on your seller journey. So uh, what's your store about? Um, what do you sell and you know, how did you get into it? Um, I've been selling on eBay since 2013. Um, wow. I, it basically came around because um, I was homeschooling our children. We have nine children. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so a big family, and yeah. um, and I needed a place to be able to buy and sell curriculum because I didn't really want to buy it new. So, um, so every year I would sell my curriculum on eBay and turn around and use that money to buy my new curriculum for the next year. Yeah. So that's kind of where I started with stuff, but I also really enjoyed thrifting and yard sales and anything to find something and to be able to turn around and make a profit on it. So that was pretty much what I was doing till I got to the point where I had probably about 1200 physical items in my house that I was selling list had listed on eBay. And it finally got to the point where it was like, I'm running out of room of put to where I can put <laughs> yep. my physical inventory. And I said, there's gotta be a different way to be able to, um, to sell online. And that's when I kind of, I've been following a lot of people on, I mean, I don't know, Okay. Well, so I followed a lot of people for eBay selling, like uh, Suzanne A. Wells has got a big group. Um, Mm -hmm. She's got a Facebook group. And then um, I joined her premium library for a while to try to get some education, to try to make what I was doing more efficient and more profitable. And then I found some local friends that also sell. So we'd go sourcing together and they were really, one person in, in particular was very helpful with helping me up my ante because I was buying low, but I was also selling too low. So I wasn't mm-hmm. making enough of a profit on it. Yeah. But then we're still in this problem of having a physical inventory. So I, I feel like I've got a pretty good eye. And now I know how to use, you know, the eBay app, the Amazon. Yeah, so. absolutely. So you've started scaling up to physical items, you say, after you did curriculum? Yeah. So I was selling shoes. Um, oh, my gosh. Just about a little bit of everything. Wow. So some, some clothing. I got into hard goods really. And that was like a really, a lot of challenge because having to ship it, I'd get like whole sets of dishes at a estate sale and then I would break them up and sell them by piece. So I got really good at packing breakables, but that also meant that my kids were jokingly calling me the box lady because (laughs) I had a whole room in our house. that was just boxes that um, I had every people were giving me their boxes and go over and pick all their boxes from them. Until I finally started buying um, eBay labeled, you know, with, um, I'm trying to remember when I've been selling physically since 2013, but I started a store a couple years ago. So then mm-hmm. eBay gives you the, you know, like credit towards shipping supplies every order. Yeah. So then I started stocking up on that and started, you know, those come flat. So I don't have to take up as much room as like, I wasn't breaking everything down. Let's just say I, was, <laughs> I, mean, I had a lot of real estate in my house with the business. Well, oh, that's what reselling is, really. <laughs> well, well, it is. And one of the things that got me um, was my husband had lost his job. They had decided to outsource. He's a nurse. 
and they mm-hmm. had decided to outsource his whole department to the Philippines. It was like they didn't even give him any warning. So all of a sudden it was like I had already started upping my inventory and my the stuff I was buying. Um, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I just kind of went into overdrive. And this was right before about a year, two years before uh, COVID hit. So in the last you know three years or so, I've probably tripled my business from what it was. Wow. Like, I actually did really well. I sold, I was around $30,000 in physical products on eBay. And since I just wow. started Amazon in November of last year, I still, that still has yet to see, but I've been doing pretty well every month. On That's my fantastic. Sales. Finding a seller list and learning how this all works has been really great. And then also to be able to cross list back to eBay. So my whole goal is to try to get to a point where I'm doing wholesale or just the books FBA so that I can get rid of the physical inventory or have just a very small physical inventory. Um, We're planning on moving to the South sometime next year, and I don't want to have to take it all with me. (laughs) Yeah, that would be hard to pick. Um, so tell me, what do you like more? Do you like the marketing side or, you know, developing um, the listings or do you like sourcing? What, which part do you enjoy the most? Outsourcing by far. That's kind of the problem is that I have, I could take probably two or three months off because I, this is not my primary money stream of income. Uh, this is still kind of like my auxiliary stuff. And so I still have a, a part-time job yep. and I do have um, one kids still in school. So most of the other time I'm spending running her around. So I have way more inventory. I don't know. People call about death piles. I have death piles that, um, that fill up a few bookcases full. I mean, I have uh, not bookcases, storage shelves with boxes of books and different things that I still need to list. Um, wow. So yeah. They can't all go to Amazon. So, um, it, that's where the tedious part, cause with, um, Acceler list, listing on, on Amazon, putting the sticker on it, packing it up. I, I like that. I like the process of doing that because that gets it all out of my house. The eBay is a little bit more tedious because it, t- it takes me a minimum of 15 minutes to do a listing. So if I have okay. something, so, so I'm trying to be more picky about what I'm actually listing. It's making at least three times what I paid for it. Is it That's- the web interface of eBay that makes it a bit more complex? Well, they're asking for more products. I mean, more, not products, more um, input. Yeah. Okay. I like, I, because it's like, I'm not using Acceler lists for listing on eBay straight, directly because I already had that existing. So yeah. Um, so I have my system down. I start on my phone. I do all the specifics that I can on there. Um, I take my photos and then I go on to my desk, my laptop, and I finish up the listing because there's a couple of fields that you can't do on the app. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me through, what's your typical day like? Walk us through that. I work mostly in the mornings at, mm-hmm. um, at my job. And so I get up about 5.30 in the morning and I have, I spend, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Hal Elrod. He does the miracle morning. It's kind of like a morning routine type of thing. Wow. Okay. T- tell me more about it. That sounds quite interesting. I haven't heard it before. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's a motivational speaker and he's had, um, it kind of an epiphany a number of years ago that he really needed to establish some routines in his life um, in order to achieve his goals. And one of the things he needed to do was to spend some time every day. And he calls it, you know, his miracle morning. So I'm doing some devotional time, mm-hmm. meditation kind of type stuff, prayer, and then I'm doing affirmations. And, um, and then I do uh, visualizations of like what my day and what my goals are. 
some time exercising, and then I spend some time reading. So I've probably got like five books that I'm reading currently. And, you know, this is kind of like my me time. Now we're trying to adjust this because my daughter just went back to school this week. So trying to adjust because she's now in the middle of all that because before she wasn't even up at 530 in the morning. So (laughs) she is up now. So I feel like it's a good start to my day. I usually head off to my job. Um, I get home in the early afternoon. If I don't have to pick her up from school, then I'm working on uh, books. I have another homeschooling mom that sources books for me on a regular basis. She'll, you know, like right now, I've probably got 500 books sitting at her house that we need to go through. So, and, but then I also just went through, my friend is moving and she wanted me to go through all her books. So I spent the last couple of afternoons with my scanner in her house and I've got like 15 boxes of books to process. So I'm spending as much time doing that. I'm trying not to work, 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 work all the time. So I go to bed by 10 o'clock is the goal, you know, cause sleep is really important to me too. I want to make sure that I'm, and then I'm throwing in, I had one new thing too, is I just decided to, uh, um, hire a personal trainer because I really want to get myself in shape. And yeah, uh, I think in the so- past two years, a lot of us have just been in our desks, you know, so important to get back in shape. <laughs> well, my part-time job is a very physical job. Yep. I can almost get, I mean, I'm a Fitbit on my arm, so I'm getting seven to 10,000 steps. Uh, almost uh, hitting those goals work. every day. That's nice. Yeah. So that's helpful to me. So, um, cause I'm a lot older than everybody else I work with. So it's a challenge to keep up with the, uh, you know, high schoolers and college age kids. But yeah, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, giving time to yourself and you know having all that organized as well. Um, so, have you engaged with any type of reselling communities online or any platforms like Facebook groups or or anything that's helped? I have. Um, I in fact, I just wrote down all my Facebook groups that I'm in. Yeah. So. Oh, I was trying to think there was one, shoot, there was one that Suzanne A. Wells group is mom selling. I, I don't remember the title for some reason. It didn't pop up in my, um, my list of them, but I'm on like the thrifters and reseller world, the thrifting board boss, which is business for online success, accounting for online sellers, mm-hmm. uh, TWF alumni, which is the wholesale formula. I just took that course, um, in February and then the accelerist I'm on that community. And then the eBay selling basics, the basic one. I started out like really heavy into eBay. And once I started moving, been, I've been trying to re- just really, you know, make sure I'm getting books in, um, loads in every week. When they started restricting the inventory, that kind of like stopped me for a little bit. But um, I'm sitting, I think I'm sitting around 1,400 books in Amazon right now. And I'm selling about 250 a month. I mean, I would like to do a lot better. If I could do more full-time, I probably would be able to do it. But it's a little scary, you know, like just totally relying on my own work to get to where I need to get. So are you looking to grow your own social media kind of following and be an influencer in the space for, uh, you know, books reselling? I have always had kind of a vision of starting an, a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing some of the people that are doing that and how much work that is. And I'm thinking, okay, it's kind of like, for the full-time sellers that I know on eBay, for instance, that have panels, they're getting, you know, like one of them broke down, like how much he made on eBay. I mean, on eBay and, and Amazon, and she does, I think does Poshmark too. And then how much she made on YouTube and the YouTube earnings were almost more than some of the other stuff. So 
it kind of made me feel like you kind of have to have multiple streams of income in order to be able to really like with the ebb and flow of this whole business to be able to do that. Like right now I'm trying to work on trying to hire some virtual assistants to do some of my back office stuff. But the problem is, is that I just recently had a lot of life changes. So I'm working on trying to just organize myself, you know, like trying to get to my inventory, trying to figure out what's really essential. And that's the other thing too, is like, I want to learn all this stuff. I, you know, in some senses, like some of my kids know how to do this or they're learning how, like my one daughter's doing TikTok. And I'm thinking, man, I need to learn from her how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how to do that. Or even like the, the YouTube, it's like, you know, I can sit in the front of a camera and I could talk, but I don't know how to do the editing. I don't know, yeah. how to do, you know, how the over overlays, all that other kind of stuff they do. And so it's almost like, I keep thinking of like, oh, somebody should do, you know, like an instruction video on how to do this or how to do that. For me, there's just got to be a point where I, I was actually thinking of taking a leave of absence from my regular job and then just kind of like knocking out a bunch of this stuff, like learning yeah. how to do Amazon business. There's still some things I don't quite understand because I had already done eBay a long time. I'm kind of like they they run differently, but there is a lot of similarities. So I've been yeah. able to understand some things that I think I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't done eBay first. That that I'm disappointed in is that I was a top rated seller on eBay for a long time. When I did started going did, did the um, the the cross listing back to eBay because Amazon's not consistent with shipping their stuff out on time. I had like one day handling and. I've lost that because of, and I thought, okay, well, I am making money on both platforms. It's, sometimes it was just kind of like my badge of, you know, like I'm a top rated seller kind of thing, but. I know you work so hard for it. You want it there forever. You know, but am I going to lose my top rated seller if this <laughs> happens? And that and it, it ended up happening anyway. So, I mean, I'm in a grace period, but it's almost like I'm a little too far gone to come back to it. But then also it did relieve the pressure of having to send everything out within 24 hours. So, yeah, um, you know, for my physical inventory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so do you think let's talk about 2020 in the past, you know, 18 months. Do you think the seller community has grown and any challenges that you faced during this time? Yeah, I definitely feel like it's grown a lot because a lot of these seminars and things that I did, like the book business and also the wholesale formula, there were a lot of people in at those in those programs because they're all looking for alternative means of income. Yeah. Um, and a lot I mean for me, my job I never lost a day of work because we never our our store never shut down. We were there and in the public the whole time. So I was kind of rare in that sense. So I never had to apply for unemployment or any anything like that. I think the intensity kind of got turned up. Because like now, if I go to an estate sale or something, there's probably going to be competition for like going through their books or doing or even finding like those, you know, the great flips where you can get it for pennies and then flip it for hundreds of dollars. So, you know, but I mean, it was great when things started opening back up again. When things were not, I was trying to think, I started in books after things started opening up just a little bit because it was like November of last year is when I started doing it. So by that time, but see, we were also, you know, my my friend that does the sourcing for me, we were advertising on Facebook Marketplace and people were giving us books. And, okay, wow. Yeah. So Avery and Steve had put out, Kind of like one of the things they had done is like a letter you could put out, or not a letter, what do you call it? A, a post that you could put out on social media. And that came over their Facebook group that you could put on social media, like buy nothing groups or 
next door. And so I started doing that and I started getting calls. People want me to come and pick up their stuff. Now there were sometimes it was kind of like not really worth it, but I saw it as a way to serve people too, that had been stuck inside for a long time. Like this one lady wanted me to come and pick up all her books. When I got there, they were all really ancient books. And, you know, sometimes those books can be worth a lot of money, but they were also really not in good shape. Yeah. So I took, I must've taken 20 boxes of books out of her house, but I ended up just going and dropping them at the thrift store because somebody might find value in them, but I didn't. Because those kind of books are really tedious to go through when you're trying to find prices and different things like that on those, or, you know, some kind of comp. I kind of feel like the community has been helping each other, you know, like, how are we going to get through this obstacle? And, you know, and that kind of stuff, I really appreciate because these guys, I mean, even though they're making money on some of these programs that like I purchased the programs that they did and stuff, I mm-hmm. still feel like they're available to help out. And the bottom dollar is they're helping us get ahead in business and not all for personal profit. So can you tell me what the biggest failure was, um, you know, so far in the reselling business for you and what you've learned from it? I think... Um, The biggest failure has been sending in books that were not worth enough to take up space in my inventory, having to just, I don't know, recycle or or dump just a bunch of inventory that I'd spent time on, you know, and packed up and sent in there. One thing in particular was that I had watched a whole video about dealing with encyclopedias. And this one particular set of encyclopedias was was worth about a thousand dollars. So I went, I packed it like meticulously. I made sure it was really tight and Mm -hmm. I got the double walled boxes to put it in. I shipped it and they had me ship it from, I live on the East coast. They had me ship it to California. And then it was sitting in like a pending state for about two months and I couldn't quite long. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know what to do with it though. And then it finally showed back up on my doorstep and the box was totally destroyed. Oh, they no. never even unpacked it. So that was like $60 in shipping just out the window. And I, that was one thing that my friend had sourced for me. Somebody had given her those. And my friend's husband had lost his job during COVID. And so she's using this to like, you know, help make ends meet. So I'm trying to help her by, I purchase things at a portion of what my profit is. So that was the yeah. most disappointing thing was like, there was never any any um, communication from from Amazon about that at all. It just said that it was like pending, like it was moving from one, uh, like, you know, when they go in route from one um, yeah. warehouse to another. So, but what happened to the box? Was it like, you know, torn apart or was it damaged? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was totally damaged. There was like holes in it. It was like just really, oh. I mean, you could barely even, it was a moving box. So it was like a really heavy duty moving box. And um, yeah, it was in, it was in bad. I mean, luckily... The encyclopedias inside were really not in bad shape. We took them out and a couple of the corners were, were uh, bumped, but um, all in all, the box, the books did not get destroyed. The box was totally destroyed. So in that case, it was kind of like, okay, I'm not dealing with encyclopedias again. Because it took us like a month before we finally found a box that would fit all of them. And because uh, it was like 32 volumes, the box weighed 80 pounds. So we did all they they said to do team lift. And, you know, I had the the guy at the UPS store, he picked it up out of my car by himself and put it in his truck. So I I know those guys are used to carrying big. So it must have been thrown around a little bit or it had had to have been dropped somewhere. Yeah. uh, So after that, you've stopped uh, reselling in encyclopedias. 
Yeah. I mean, somebody had a set the other day and I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to it. I am not going to even bother. And it was worth, you know, $300, but it was still yeah. like, not worth the trouble to do this unless I knew it was going to New Jersey. And then I could almost like drive it to there, you know? Well, see, that's the whole thing though. It's because like, then they were selling, there were a few sets selling uh, every quarter. So it wasn't like it was going to sit in there forever if you had it priced right. Right. But okay. Oh, that's interesting to note because, you know, encyclopedias are great books, but to know that's so hard to ship them. That's another story. Yeah. They're, they're very heavy. Yeah. So to someone who's starting out on eBay or Amazon, what are some tips and tricks you tell them? You need to know what the item has sold for. It's not even how much it lists for, but what is the sold. So on Amazon, that's not as easy to do as it is on eBay eBay, you could, there's a filter for sold and completed listings. And so if I'm looking at something and I think this might be profitable, I'm going to look up the listings. And then because I have a store, I also have um, access to um, what they call Terapeak, which is a, a research tool that you can go back and look at what items have sold for for the last um, year. So that's really good when you think that something might be worth something. Oh, also though, on Amazon... If you look at, I have Keepa that pops up when I open up my Amazon pages mm-hmm. and the Keepa um, Chrome extension has a couple different functions on it. So first of all, it has little tiny squares on there that shows what the actual solds are. So you can go back for like three months. You can go back for the history of how long this book has been selling on Amazon and see what the where it's sold. And then also on the bottom of it, it has a little thing that shows like what the used prices have been, like the history for the last, basically the whole life of what the item has been listed for. So I use those too. Like if I'm listing on Acceler List and I see, I think something's like overpriced. I'm like questioning whether or not this is really good. It's like, I, I just listed a book or I mean, I uh, got a book ready to go today. And it was coming up like, it's like $30, $40 for this little paperback book. And I'm like, yeah, it just seems a little over. So, I'll, you know, the little on the Excel list, it's got like the little eBay and the Amazon little yeah. icons. So I'll hit the Amazon to, to go over to um, Amazon page. And then the Keepa pops up and I check. And so like one price, the suggested price on Excel list, you know, like I said, was like $30, $40 would be the profit. But after looking at the Keepa chart, I saw that it actually physically had been selling for around $15, $16, which would have brought the profit down to like $7 or $8. And so I chose to list it at that instead of the suggested price. Because I've also been hit with those, like the price gouging, you know, like you've overpriced this item and then they they suspend your listing for a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. And so I kind of try to avoid that. I mean, they don't ever get you for underpricing it, but for some reason, you know, they'll get you if you overprice it, which... Some of them, I don't quite understand how they do that when there's a history of the thing selling for that price. Those are kind of the things that like, I wish there was some way to talk to somebody <laughs> at Amazon that somebody is not like, a, you know, um, out someplace and in some, some other country that knows what, like that really knows what's going on. Because most of the time when I call in, the people I'm reaching are not able to help me with my questions. Okay. So, yeah, fair enough. So yeah. new sellers need to have some kind of, I guess mentor some place where they can ask these questions. That would be your advice. Yeah. And that's kind of my vision too, is kind of, I like, like, I have a lot of people that like, I'm still hooked in, even though I'm not homeschooling anymore. I still have a lot of um, contacts in the homeschooling community. Yep. And there's a lot of these moms that want to sell their own products. 
And if they don't have time, they just give them to me and then I just split the profit with them. But the um, but then that's also gets tedious too. But I'm trying to help them. Like I'll show them how to use the app and how to sell. Some of them get it, some of them don't. But I also did, my daughter was in a Girl Scout troop and they were going to do an entrepreneur badge. Mm-hmm. So I put together a sheet of like how to do a listing. So um, I taught the five girls that were in her level of the troop and how to do listings. And then we walked through and did listings with each of them. So I see that in the future too, of being able to be coaching somebody or, you know, helping people with their business. Yeah. Okay. So, so that actually ties into what I was going to ask you next. So in what's the long-term, you know, goal from all of this, it would be to develop a mentoring business, you say? I think so. Coaching, mentoring, but I also am looking to more, something a little bit more sustainable too. Mm-hmm. Like the wholesale part of it, where you don't, where I'm not deal, where I am not handling physical inventory, but I'm buying it directly from manufacturers and having it shipped directly to Amazon, or going to a packing center where they put where they label it and then they send it in. That's kind of the goal where I'm. My hands are coming, and I have more time to do coaching and teaching because right now this is kind of exhausting. The what I'm doing right now. Well, you mean the wholesaling part, is it, from manufacturers and then to the warehouse? Well, no, I mean the physical inventory part, like having to deal with the books. And um, I mean, those boxes get really heavy. So I mean, since I'm, you know, primarily doing the books right now, it's, yeah, so that move in the physical inventory can get kind of tiring. So that's why the end goal for me is to move to more of the wholesale model. So it's kind of like the, my vision would be to be able to still list that kind of product through a seller list, even though I, I, you know, I get the product, I'm still trying to fig- think it out, like how this would actually work. Yeah. And then so that I could still have them listed on two platforms. Cause I think that does really increase the sales to be able to have more than one platform to sell on. Okay. Now that, that makes sense. And um, do you have any last bits of advice? I think that one of the best things to do is to really plug into those Facebook communities. And there are a lot of people that are on there more often than I am that are available to answer questions. But having somebody kind of walk you through it is definitely easier than trying to learn all of it because it's all been done. It's just like we just need to find the right people to teach us how to do some of these steps. And that's where I think those Facebook communities have been really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think a community that you can just, you know, turn to whenever about any topic that really helps. Yeah, definitely. This, I mean, this has been quite a journey. I, I've really enjoyed learning about the all this information. And it's kind of funny because now I have people out of the blue call me and say, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess I never really considered myself an expert on these things. But since I'm yeah. ahead of them, then and I do like being able to help people. So there's two sides to this This business. You know, there's the part where I'm making money and then there's the part where it's satisfying on both sides. Yeah. You know, to help people to get, you know, because I feel like the marketplace is changing and we need to be able to adapt with it. Yeah, um, totally. There's, yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities and there's a place for people to find their own space in it too. It's because there's millions of items, billions of items on Amazon and other platforms. You know, it doesn't seem like we've run out of room for other people to to be able to do it. Yeah. Wow. I think giving back is is also a good way. And, you know, since you've had some skin in the game, you know, you can definitely give back through that means. That's um, on one of my goals here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Seller's Corner. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to podcast at accelerlist.com. 
Accelerlist also offers a generous 21-day free trial when you enter coupon code PODCAST on the registration page. Now is the time to start with Amazon and break into freedom with your own business.